0: the david Glenn show hall of fame coach roy williams will join us live in about 60 minutes dallin cuff from the acc network will join us in about 90 minutes more march madness florida state has a shot at the first regular season acc title in school history leonard hamilton did win a tournament once before he's been the coach of the year twice before he might be the coach of the year and a regular season champion with the seminoles they only have to beat boston college to claim at least a part of that prize. Wake visits NC State tonight. Regular season finale for both, of course. Duke and Carolina resume one of the great rivalries in all of American sports tomorrow night in Durham. I will see you at Cameron. Roy Williams live in 60 minutes. Ala Abdel Nabi once participated in this great rivalry, of course, as a player. He came to mind for us because it's a big weekend in the NBA. He now works with, among others, the Sixers TV broadcast crew at that level. Bucks at Lakers tonight. Lakers at Clippers on Sunday. There are head-to-head matchups among Uh, arguably the three best teams in the entire NBA. Of course, we have to pick his brain on Duke against Carolina as well. Allah Abdul-Nabi, welcome back to the David Glenn Show, man. How are you?
1: DG, great to be with you. Uh, Right off the bat, I apologize for the pump fake yesterday, man. Sometimes life gets in the way.
0: You know, I leave my feet every time you pump fake, Allah. (laughs) And I'm hanging there, and then I'm just left to really foul you hard so that you can go to the stripe and hit a couple free throws. Oh, that's all good, man. We love you. You know that. Uh, it's good to be with you. Thanks, man. 30 years ago, if I remember correctly, and I swear on a stack of Bibles, I did not bring Allah on for this purpose. I brought him on because he's brilliant and diverse, and he's a Renaissance man, and he's an expert on all the things we're tackling. 30 years ago, if I remember correctly, an unranked Carolina team ruin your senior night when the Blue Devils were highly ranked in the national polls. Am I right with that, that is, recollection? And what do you remember that, about
1: it? If so, that is correct. I really appreciate you bringing that up. Um, See, that's like a trip was, to the
0: dentist. Allah. That's what it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Carolina, and this, and this is what I think applies to tomorrow. I know people have been down on Carolina because of their play all season and Somehow, it kind of takes a little bit away from the game tomorrow. I think the game in, in Chapel Hill is indicative of uh, what we could expect tomorrow. I think no matter what the records are, it never matters. Both teams seem to be playing their best for those forty minutes, and I'm going to be there. I haven't oh, cool. been to I haven't been to a game to watch. I called the 2015 game. Jaleel Oka for the championship season um, in Cameron, but I was working. I, you don't it's not the same as sitting in the arena and just soaking it all.
0: Al now be joining us on the David Glenn show. Uh, there there he is. His phone went out a little bit on us. I think we have him back. He is on Twitter at Ala Tweets, at A L A A, at Ala Tweets. Works with CBS Sports and the Philadelphia 76ers TV broadcasts as well. Duke hosting Carolina tomorrow. Bucks at Lakers tonight. Lakers at Clippers on Sunday in NBA action. What's the best way to summarize why you think that you can throw records out the window? I mean, whether it was 1990, uh, on your senior night, or the game you mentioned in Chapel Hill, is it are guys you know studying video more, resting more, preparing more, caring more? What's the human element in play here,
1: David? It's the one game you had to actually temper your emotions as opposed to fight to get up for. Yeah, um, you knew when it was coming. It builds up all week long when you're on campus. Uh, for us, Duke people. Even when we're on campus, we encounter Carolina fans because they've infiltrated the whole state, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> and and they're everywhere. So it builds, um, there's no hatred between the players. We've discussed this, yeah. you and I, yeah. but you don't want to lose to people that you know well either. And, and I think that's the issue is Carolina get, makes, makes Duke play its best and vice versa. And that's going to make for a tremendous matchup tomorrow.
0: He is not hard to find, so say hi and be nice to Allah tomorrow at Cameron. (laughs) I don't blend. Yeah, there's some people that I have to say, where are you sitting again? What room are you going to be in? (laughs) Allah's kind of a recognizable dude. He did play in the NBA as a big guy, a prep star, and a great player for the Blue Devils, of course, prior to that. Uh, Jumping to the NBA real quickly, I mentioned those head-to-head matchups. I mean, I'm more of a college basketball guy at this time of year for the obvious reasons, but Buck at Lakers tonight, Lakers at Clippers on Sunday, are you of the mindset that those three are on a plateau plateau on their own with, you know, teams like the Rockets, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Raptors, and others kind of in catch-up mode?
1: I agree with you. I think the way they've played all season, they've kind of separated themselves from the pack. Uh, I think there's a lot of wannabe teams, and I think there's still teams that, um, I think when they get it right, for instance, I'll give you an example, Toronto. Toronto's a team that not a lot of people would have given any chance of being in the mix, and yet there they are, and they're playing great. What Nick Nurse is doing up there in Toronto is pretty remarkable. So th- there are other teams in contention. You mentioned the 76ers, Celtics, but those three, uh, the way they played, the way their rosters are made up, um, the dominance that they've shown at times, uh, and Milwaukee, basically, all season long, it just makes for great matchups. It's going to be fun to watch tonight and Sunday. I know that there's so many games and sometimes it's hard to pinpoint one that sticks out, but it's hard to say that these two don't stick out for you for you moving forward because these are going to be fun games to watch. The, the league's best going at each other.
0: Speaking of the league's best, Giannis Antetokounmpo lives up to that Greek freak nickname pretty much every time I watch, and many are assuming he'll be the MVP. That LeBron guy uh, also has crazy good numbers, especially given his age and stage of career. And some are making the argument that because the Bucs are really good even when Giannis is on the bench, but the Lakers go from great to mediocre whenever LeBron gets a breather, that somehow LeBron is in the running for what for him would be, I believe, you know, MVP number five. Do you, do you buy that it is still a contest? Or as a guy who calls NBA games for a living, is this just, you know, Giannis and everybody else?
1: Well, I think it's Giannis and everyone else because Giannis doesn't have a guy like Anthony Davis with him. I think that's what kind of may hurt LeBron a little if you want to consider it that um, AD playing alongside you makes life a lot easier, opens up the floor a lot more, especially since he's a perimeter big. You've seen LeBron drive a lot more this year. Um, so I, I, it, it's hard to, you know, you're picking apples and oranges here. Yeah. I just think what Giannis has been able to do after winning MVP last year, the story that amazes me, David, is he was asked to be in Space Jam and then they were told him, he said, sure, how long do you need me? And they told him three weeks and he said, absolutely not because I want to work on my game. So a guy who gets voted MVP and still has that kind of objective in the offseason, and then it shows, you know, he's playing better. The team is the best team record-wise in the league. Um, it's hard not to love that guy and uh, everything that he stands for.
0: It would only be fair if I mentioned, bringing us back to the Duke-Carolina rivalry, that Allah Abdel-Nabi was part of Duke teams that beat the Tar Heels at the Smith Center. Uh, that beat the Tar Heels at uh, Greensboro Coliseum in the ACC tournament, et cetera. Um, back to the human element here: How would you compare and contrast being a Duke basketball player, whatever the first day of classes or whenever you're surrounded by a lot of you know professors and classmates, after beating Carolina, or that same picture <laughs> the, the, the first day of classes after losing to the Tar Heels?
1: Well, I can tell you this. Um, you somehow always made it to class after you won at Carolina. You were there early, even, um, <laughs> greeting everybody as they walked in because you wanted to get some of that acknowledgement. Listen, Duke is a unique place because the student body is such a part of all those basketball games. So then, afterwards, whether it's that night or whether it's the next day or days following, we all partake in it. Um, And that's what makes it unique. I mean, I I know there's other schools that are like that. But Duke is so small and so intimate that you know practically everybody on campus. And you see them in the stands during the game. Sure, they may have a different look with blue paint on their face and a different outfit. But it's the same students that you see day in and day out. So it's a real communal kind of a feel. Um, And I think those are the things that I look back on that I cherish the most. Because it wasn't just 12 or 15 guys. It was basically the whole school.
0: Do we get to give you a shout out at Cameron tomorrow? Since you're a recognized absolutely, if you if right. you see me, make sure, make uh, sure. I think we should announce your presence, man. I mean, what, how do you get, <laughs> how do you get on the list where the Cameron crazies get to give you an ovation? And how about this is for a professional conundrum? You know, there's usually the saying, Allah, there's no cheering in the press box because we're professional, objective journalists." I'm going to be seated on press row tomorrow. What if they announce your presence? Aren't shouldn't I be standing up clapping because you're you know you're I, part of the DG Show Hall of Fame, man? Listen, dude,
1: only because of the relationship we have, man. It's <laughs> it's a little different. That, right. that that stadium, yeah, that stadium is uh, it's unpredictable, man. Who knows what's gonna happen tomorrow? I can't wait, David. I can't wait.
0: I feel the same way. I've been at this for thirty plus years. You're a lifelong basketball guy, player, broadcaster, etc. Uh, It is amazing, even in this unconventional year, uh, we're all excited, which means those guys are obviously excited. Roy Williams is actually going to join us later. As we let you go, what would you circle? I mean, you're paid to cover the NBA, obviously, but I'm sure you catch the Blue Devils from time to time. On the one hand, they recently lost three out of four, uh, you know, by 22 at State and by double digits at Wake Forest. Those are red flags we don't usually see from Coach K teams in late February. On the other hand... You know, they might have two All-Americans in Vernon Carey and Trey Jones. And when the computer spits stuff out, you know, it's the devil's right up there with Kansas and Gonzaga and a handful of others as having the best chance to win the whole thing. What has to get better for this to be, you know, that most special type of Duke season?
1: I think defensively they have to be there for 40 minutes. I think there are times. You saw the other day against State, they went, they went against the zone, and I thought they were effective in the zone. It doesn't matter what you play, just to be engaged. When Duke is playing really good defense, I think it kind of lends itself to offense, good offense, easy buckets, buckets in transition, momentum plays. Um, so I, when, I, when I see them slow or late reacting defensively or kind of just on the back foot, that's what I worry a little. When they're aggressive and they're in people's chest, I feel better.
0: His name is Allah Abdelnabi. He is on Twitter, at Allah Tweets. Life, basketball, and other pearls of wisdom. Thanks, as always, for dropping by, man. Hope you enjoy your trip to Durham. I'll certainly say hello if we cross paths tomorrow. Please come see me, DG. We'll, Thanks for having me on. Will do. Always fun. Allah Abdul-Nabi. I believe he is literally back from a trip to the dentist. That was not just a joke. I think he went to the dentist yesterday. Hopefully sitting in this chair, far more enjoyable than that one. Roy Williams, Hall of Fame head coach of the Tar Heels, live in 45 minutes as we all ramp up for Duke Carolina Part 2. The overtime thriller from Chapel Hill, not easy to forget for Carolina fans given that the Heels had it late in that matchup, only for Trey Jones and Wendell Moore Jr. and others to bring the Devils back to that thrilling overtime victory at the Smith Center. It's the one and only trip to Cameron this time. The crazies will be riled up. A lot of former Duke stars will be in attendance, including the big fella from the late 80s and 1990, Allah Abdel Nabi. Steph Curry has returned from injury in the NBA. The Clippers have won six straight, and to me, sometimes look even better than the Bucs and the Lakers. We will see head-to-head this weekend who stands on top of the NBA mountaintop. It's the Bucs at the Lakers tonight, late game on ESPN. It is the Lakers visiting the Clippers on Sunday. Of course, they share a building So, the home team is just a designation in some way. Dallin Cuff of the ACC Network will join us midway through next hour. Roy Williams, the Hall of Famer from Carolina, joins us in 45 minutes. And that means on the other side, we get to come back to your phone calls. The NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and the Canes were among the topics we tackled this week. And of course, all day, every day at this time of year in the great state of North Carolina and many other places, it's about college basketball, it's about March Madness. it's about conference tournaments. It's about regular season finales. It's about great rivalries, including Duke and Carolina, as those two go back at it tomorrow in Durham. The PGA Tour, little NASCAR. I'll even give you an, a coronavirus update from the sports world where games are being postponed or in some cases canceled all over the world, including in the United States, including at the professional and college levels. Other games are actually scheduled to be played but with zero fans in attendance, all because of the coronavirus. We will get back to the sports headlines of the week that was and the weekend to come. We will welcome your phone calls right now, 1-800-849-2761. That is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. Background Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance?
2: Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. When you're in that building, particularly when it's in Cameron Indoor North Stadium, for two hours, everyone is totally engrossed in the moment and what's going on with that game. No one's looking at what's going on elsewhere. No one cares about speed. No one cares about the NCAA tournament. It's about that moment and winning that game and it has your full and undivided attention and very few things have that in this day and age.
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was Voice of the Blue Devils, David Shoemate. Duke and Carolina back at it tomorrow. Regular season rematch, this one at Cameron. Roy Williams, the Hall of Fame coach of the Tar Heels, joins us live in 40 minutes. You can join us right now. Lines open for the first time in a long time. Ala Abdel Nabi has dropped by. Former Duke big fella, former NBA big guy, played in this rivalry, talked some NBA with us. That is also on our agenda as we look back at the week that was and celebrate the weekend to come. It is mostly about March Madness. But the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the coronavirus, NASCAR boys are in Phoenix. PGA Tour is in Orlando for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It is mostly basketball, but really a special weekend awaits us. You could be next with your question, comment, or complaint. I will give you one more thing I promised on the NFL, then more of my thoughts on Wake visiting NC State tonight. Wolfpack on the bubble. Joe Lenardi still has them as first four out in today's projections. Wake Forest, of course, is on the Andy Manning, watch our reports here and at ACCSports.com indicate the conversations taking place between Danny Manning's representatives and Wake Forest officials over the details of a very expensive buyout. You can jump in with your question or comment on that or Duke Carolina or the rest of March Madness right now by dialing 1-800-849-2761. So Peyton Manning has this big offer to be an analyst on Monday Night Football. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick reportedly had an icy phone call earlier this week that did not go well and there's even more speculation about whether Brady might end up in a uniform other than the New England Patriots this coming season. Meanwhile, the Panthers are making waves. Trey Turner shipped to the Chargers veteran left tackle Russell Okung on the inbound, and the Panthers are hiring former Cam Newton guru George Whitfield as the panthers guru for cam newton and the other qbs very interesting news just in the last 24 hours from darren gant of nbcsports.com and pro football talk you can be next at 1-800-849-2761 the other tidbit that i promised involves the ongoing and very important for nfl fans collective bargaining agreement proposal already approved by the owners and awaiting approval from it only takes a majority the 2000 plus members of the NFL players association they have a one week window in which to vote they got all of the final language yesterday morning they can vote yesterday they can vote today but they're not going to announce the result of the vote no matter how it looks until next thursday or friday at the earliest meanwhile best i can tell as intern will takes your calls one 849 2761 I was having a hard time thinking of a high-profile NFL player who said out loud that he would vote yes for this CBA. Now, remember, if you have 2,000-plus people eligible to vote, and I felt like the 20 people that had said they'll vote no – were all big names, right? Aaron Rodgers of the Packers, Russell Wilson of the Seahawks, J.J. Watt of the Texans said he didn't like what he saw, Todd Gurley of the Rams from our backyard, uh, the Pouncey brothers, the offensive linemen. The biggest names I saw speak out all spoke out against this collective bargaining agreement proposal from the owners, and yet what did Damaris Smith say? The guy who runs the NFL Players Association – he has said for days that he expects it to pass. Well, at some point, I mean, your rank-and-file members who may not have big social media followings or maybe they're just not posting anything, even to their small followings, you better be getting a lot of votes from your rank-and-file if all of your biggest stars are saying that they're voting no, if DeMar Smith is right and they're going to get more yes votes than no votes. Well, I don't know how you compare him to others, but one of the more prominent Players that this this is if you saw a more prominent guy say he's voting yes, I might have missed it or maybe he's not quite as prominent prominent as I think he is. But Miami Dolphins quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, I know he's not Russell Wilson or uh, Aaron Rodgers, but he said today he's voting yes. It is certainly to me that makes him one of the most prominent players at the very least to say that he'll vote yes. He talked about increased minimum salaries. What gets the attention of rank-and-file members, right? Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson don't have to worry about what the minimum NFL salary is. None of those other big names have to worry about what the minimum NFL salary is either. They're worried about breaking the bank. You know, Trent Williams of Washington has gotten approval from Ron Rivera's team to seek a trade, in part because he wants $20 million a year. And Washington's not sure, even though he's a seven-time pro bowler, they're not sure they want to pay that price tag. It's kind of like the Panthers didn't want to pay Greg Olson what he wanted, so now he's a member of the Seattle Seahawks. There are examples of these things all over the place. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, not a minimum salary guy, obviously, but well-respected around the NFL, certainly a a guy with a high-ranking educational background and a voice that others listen to. He says he's confident because minimum salaries are going up. There's a change in the marijuana drug policy including a broader change where you couldn't lose games for testing positive, not only for marijuana, but for other drugs, including opioids. You can still get repercussions, but those repercussions under this new proposal would not include missed games. Fitzpatrick also mentioned larger rosters, Larger game day rosters, those are two different things. Larger practice squad rosters, so those are three different things. That just means more jobs for more dudes, more members of the NFL Players Association, et cetera. He also specified less hitting in training camp and increased benefits medically and otherwise for current NFL players and former NFL players. You know what the bigger names have been saying mostly is that they're not all that comfortable. About going from a 16 game regular season to a 17 game regular season. But even if they do get comfortable with that idea in a violent sport where there's all sorts of long term and short term physical risk, even if they agreed to go 16 to 17, they believe that they should get a lot more in return than what is being offered, not only the things that I mentioned, but of course, Fitzpatrick also said, for us as players, revenue sharing, getting a larger percentage of the pie is important, but so is the overall growth of that pie. He believes both of those things will happen if the players approve this version of the collective bargaining agreement. That's my quick update from the NFL. Back to your phone calls, free-for-all Friday style on the other side. Duke and Carolina have a rematch tomorrow. Wake and State have all sorts of things at stake tonight in the regular season finale for both of those teams it's actually a rare Friday night ACC basketball game the ACC network with the call tonight at seven o'clock Lavelle Moton and NC Central won their conference the regular season at least no other division one men's basketball team was a regular season conference champion in our state We have 18 teams. We went one for 18. Only the Eagles of NC Central claiming the MEAC regular season championship fit that description. Duke technically could share first place in the ACC, but that would require Florida State losing to Boston College at home in Tallahassee. That is a... An extremely, extremely low percentage play. Doesn't really matter to Coach K. He's far more about ACC tournaments and NCAA tournaments. He kind of has rolled his eyes about questions about the ACC regular season championship. The auto bid and the official champion, of course, those titles go to the winner of the conference tournament in the ACC and just about everywhere else. 1-800-849-2761. Roy Williams joins us live, the Hall of Fame coach of the Tar Heels, in about 30 minutes. That means we have time for your calls now. 1-800-849-2761. Questions, comments, complaints, predictions, March Madness, NFL, NBA, NHL, and the Canes. You can steer us elsewhere with your question or comment. You can get something off your chest that's been burning a hole in your sports soul. We are halfway to Margaritaville as we come back to your phone calls. 1-800-849-2761. Dallin Cuff of the ACC Network in 60 minutes. Roy Williams from the Tar Heels in 30 minutes your calls are next on the david glenn show mike lupica welcome back to the david glenn show sports used to be called the toy department and i said look at the political scene and 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 tell me that's any more real or or more serious than what we see when people say oh stick to sports
2: who passed that law you're listening to the david glenn show
0: Back to the David Glenn Show. We do have lines open for the first time in a long time. Roy Williams of the Tar Heels joins us live in less than 30 minutes. Dallin Cuff, more March Madness. Others want in on the NFL, the NBA, the Canes, and the NHL. Big weekend for college baseball fans. We have a lot of nationally ranked teams here in our backyard. PGA Tour is in Orlando for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Tiger Woods is among 10 finalists who will be voted on next week for the World Golf Hall of Fame, have to like Tiger's chances of getting approved there. The NASCAR boys are in Phoenix this weekend. The big race is on Sunday afternoon. The coronavirus is causing the postponement or cancellation of sporting events all over the world, including around the United States, including the college level, the pro level, The high school level, other games are going to be played without any fans in attendance. You have questions and comments, March Madness or otherwise, now is the time to join as Wake visits NC State tonight. Could it be just a few games left for Danny Manning? That's what the expectation is with Danny Manning's representatives talking to Wake officials about the details of his buyout. But they'll try to beat the Wolfpack tonight in Raleigh. They'll try to do some damage in Greensboro next week. Who might be next? We've had a lot of suggestions from our statewide audience so far this week. You can chime in with yours at 1-800-849-2761. Duke and Carolina, the rematch tomorrow, 6 o'clock ESPN. I will see you there. The Blue Devils are the better team. The Blue Devils have the much better record. But the Blue Devils have lost three of their last five, and the Tar Heels finally look like what most people have come to expect of the Tar Heels. Cole Anthony looks like a future NBA lottery pick. Garrison Brooks will be on my all-ACC team as I hand in my ballot this weekend. Speaking of votes, as we welcome your calls, 1-800-849-2761, would your player of the year be? I've heard votes for... I think it was Bobby Cremins told us he's voting for sophomore point guard Trey Jones of Duke. My vote will go to Duke freshman center Vernon Carey Jr. Others like John Mooney of Notre Dame for first team, Devin Vassell of Florida State, Jordan Wara of Louisville. Other good candidates: Elijah Hughes of Syracuse had a great year. Mama D. Diakite of UVA had a great year, and there and there are others. It's a 15-man first, a 15-man All-ACC team. Obviously, five guys on each of the first, second, and third teams. Who's your defensive player of the year? Some say it's Trey Jones of Duke. Some say it's Mama D. Diakite of a UVA team that is once again high in the national rankings. For just defensive efficiency, the Cavaliers are a lot better offensively in recent weeks. That has led to that winning streak, and that has led to their rise up the standings. Keep in mind that as UVA hosts Louisville tomorrow, Carolina, Duke, the big game in our backyard. There are many all over the the state of, uh, the, uh, state of the union, if you will, in college basketball. Louisville and Florida State are right now tied for first place. But whereas Florida State gets Boston College down in Tallahassee, and you can almost like rubber stamp that victory for the Seminoles, Louisville has to go to UVA. And it's a UVA team that would finish 15-5 and five in the league with a victory. Remember a month ago, we were talking about the Cavaliers as a possible NIT team. And we brought up the examples. A great Kentucky team won a national championship, but so many dudes left. They were in the NIT the next year. A great Carolina team won the national championship, but so many dudes left, they were in the NIT the next year. Some thought that UVA, last year's national champions, about a month ago, they were trending toward being an NIT team. And Ty Jerome's off to the NBA in professional basketball. So is Kyle Guy. So is DeAndre Hunter, a lottery pick. And until about a month ago, prior to the Cavaliers winning seven straight, that included one I saw in person in Chapel Hill, that included the win recently, 52-50 to over Duke. That was up in Charlottesville. That included an overtime matchup against Notre Dame. The Cavaliers now get Louisville. If, if somehow Boston College upset Florida State and Louisville was beaten by UVA and Duke beat Carolina, you would have a four-way tie for first place in the ACC standings. What is far more likely to happen is that Leonard Hamilton gives the Seminoles something they've never had before. I think UVA will beat Louisville in Charlottesville. I think Florida State, of course, will beat Boston College. Florida State has been a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference since the early 1990s. They had never had an ACC basketball tournament championship until Leonard Hamilton gave them one this last decade. And to this moment, they have never had a regular season ACC championship. Leonard Hamilton, I believe, is about to give them that. It's why he's going to be my ACC Coach of the Year. One request for anybody voting just for fun, or maybe you're a media member who likes to listen to the David Glenn Show. Darren, I know you've heard this before, but my logical brain goes haywire when I hear a couple of things related to whatever, Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, et cetera. I actually heard that someone said they would not vote for Tony Bennett, which in itself is okay. Like, for example, I think Leonard's the best candidate. Tony, by the way, (laughs) might be the second best candidate for ACC Coach of the Year, given what he has done. But I heard somebody actually say that because Tony Bennett has won four of the last six ACC Coach of the Year awards, he doesn't think he's going to vote for him again this year. That bothers me. You know why it bothers me? It's illogical. It's nonsensical. It just doesn't compute Here's one way to put it. Oh, here's the other, one of my other pet peeves. It's a long list when it comes to voting. We're discussing all ACC. You know me. If it's a gray area debate in anything we tackle here in Sports Radio Land, if you can back up your opinion and it's different than mine, I am going to treat you with respect. I might ask you questions to better understand your point of view. But I respect anybody who can make an argument based on actual evidence, not flying by the seat of your pants, not making stuff up as you go along. But of course, there's plenty of room for intelligent disagreement when it comes to any of these things most years. So we're discussing all of these great players and you only have five slots on your ballot for first team, Darren. So you can honor all of these guys, but only five get what they really want, John Mooney of Notre Dame, our guest this week. He says team success is far more important to him than individual success, but it wouldn't hurt if a guy third-team All-ACC last year gets to walk around the rest of his life saying that I was first-team All-ACC during my senior season with the, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So I don't know if you consider all of these guys candidates. You stop me when you hear somebody that should not even be considered for first team, you are ready? You're not, I know you're not going to stop me early, but just bear with me. So Vernon Carey of Duke is going to be my player of the year, so of course he's going to be my, on my first team. Jordan Wara of Louisville, I believe, will make first team. Devin Vassell of Florida State. Some think their senior point guard, Trent Forrest, is even better. But Devin Vassell, to me, is their best, most important player. He'll be on my first team. John Mooney of Notre Dame will make it, and Trey Jones of Duke is going to make it. Now, I have nothing against Elijah Hughes of Syracuse, Mamadi Diakite of Virginia, I don't think I would put Trent Forrest of Florida State on my first team, but he's going to make my second team, all right? Am I missing anybody? Because, you know, the list continues with guys like Garrison Brooks of Carolina, Uh, DJ Funderburk may be NC State's best candidate. Not, Not every Wolfpack fan I know believes DJ is their most deserving candidate. Markel has a lot of assists, but he's a roller coaster. C.J. Bryce played great early, but not so much after his injury for a while. Uh, Devin Daniels has been consistent, but maybe not all ACC caliber. I, seriously, I could talk to four different Wolfpack fans, and they will give me four different answers who they think their best candidate for all ACC is. And it's not like the pack is going to get more than one guy on the all ACC 15-man team. So you can chime in on that if you like. But I don't think I'm missing anybody, Right.
2: No, yeah. I, are there I like seven your... or eight candidates for the top five slots? Yeah, I mean there are seven, maybe eight. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, You mentioned Elijah Hughes as a second teamer. Mama D. Mama D's a, a like a fringe guy. He could be first or second team. And a, lot,
0: a lot of voters want a reward. To the victors go the spoils, right? Yeah. So Louisville's going to finish in the top four. Jordan War is on there, and uh, Louisville is is. Uh, Florida State's going to finish in the top four. Devin Vassell is on there. Duke is going to finish in the top four. Both Vernon Carey Jr. and Trey Jones are on there. And UVA is going to finish in the top four. So some are leaning toward rewarding the Cavaliers. You know, I don't think it's as simple as the top teams must have a first-team player. I think that's... over over oversimplifying it turns
2: into a bit of a like a chicken and egg argument right like what came first the really good team or did 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 they require good play out of their best players to to be one of the top four teams in the ACC so into this otherwise intelligent
0: conversation comes this but so-and-so is going to be an NBA lottery pick and -and (laughs) so-and-so isn't going to be an NBA draft pick at all If my head was capable of spinning around on my shoulders exorcist style, that might have happened. Because isn't it just a different version of I won't vote for Tony Bennett? Not me again. This is not me saying this. This is a nonsensical logic. Well, he's won four of the last six, so it's somebody else's turn. Here's here's how I can boil it down for anybody who votes for fun or as part of their job or anything else. If you take anything into consideration that did not happen during this season, you're doing it wrong. It's not (laughs) about what somebody might do someday. It doesn't, Darren, it's not not like 1% is what somebody might be in the NBA. It is 0%. I mean, literally, it is completely and entirely irrelevant. It hasn't happened yet, whatever it might be, good or bad. I don't care if you think he's going to bust at the next level, thrive at the next level, lottery pick, undraft, what it's entirely, completely, 100% irrelevant. Anything in your rearview mirror, meaning prior to this season, Tony Bennett winning four of the last six, 100% irrelevant. Just look at what happened this year. Evaluate coaches and players and defensive player of the year according to that. What happened this year? Not what might happen next year or the year after for these players. Not what happened last year or the year before that. You're not going to name somebody Coach of the Year, I hope, because you think in some other year that same coach didn't get the benefit of the doubt. I mean, come on, man. You had a season of college basketball to watch. You know me. I dislike the lazy way to cast your Coach of the Year ballot, which is, all right, who was picked low and finished high? Who was picked low in the preseason and finished high. That's the lazy ballot. And, in fact, all four of the top-ranked teams, the top-tier teams, all four were picked fairly high.
2: Yeah, so we don't even really have a candidate that fits that description, which bodes well for the award. Might
0: make people actually have to think a little bit. (laughs) Instead of who was picked low and finished higher, how about what did you have, talent, depth, experience? What did you encounter? schedule easy or hard injuries or not more or fewer and how did you turn out how much juice did you squeeze out of the orange or toward the bottom of the standings perhaps the lemon what did you get out of what you had that's what defines a coach of the year who got more out of less there are examples this year of coaches that got less out of more Tony Bennett at UVA got a lot out of a team that lost four starters from the NCAA title team. Leonard Hamilton got a lot and probably a regular season title out of a team that lost Three of its five starters. Do you remember some of these pro dudes? Phil Cofer is playing pro basketball right now. Fiondu Cabangeli is playing pro basketball right now. A uh, couple of the others are employed either in the NBA or elsewhere in the world. So you lose, you lose four professional basketball players the year before. It looks like the Seminoles are poised for a regular season title. None of that has anything to do with the future and what somebody might do at some point. What did you have back, and how did you do with that level of talent, depth, experience versus what kind of schedule and through what kind of injuries and other adversity, chemistry-wise or otherwise? That, that's how I do it, and it's really not as complicated as I might have just made it sound. It beats the heck out of judging your vote, on, in, even in, slightly in part, on what happened last year or five years ago or what might happen next year or five years from now. Pet peeve, Darren. Pet peeve. Before I'm done in this industry, we will have more people avoiding the dumb way, avoiding the lazy way, and doing it the smart way. Leave the world a better place than you found it, young man. Roy Williams, Hall of Fame coach, live in less than 15 minutes. Dallin Cuff of the ACC Network will join us in 45 minutes. Your phone calls in between March Madness, NFL, NBA, NHL, and otherwise, 1-800-849-2761 is how you can be next on The David Glenn Show. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but have uh, background music That's for right.
2: Our? That's Batman There we go. You are the wind beneath my wings. Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show.
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, UNC head coach, Hall of Famer, drops by live in less than 10 minutes. Dallin Cuff of the ACC Network will be with us heading into a huge weekend for college basketball near and afar. We're taking your phone calls in between. It is free for all Friday. You can steer us back to the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, or the other topics that have come up so far today. You can take us somewhere entirely different as long as it has to do with this show and or the sports world. It is fair game for your free for all Friday questions, comments, and complaints. Uh, Darren Vaught, before you were born, in fact, right around the time that Ralph Sampson was a star player for the Virginia Cavaliers uh, in ACC basketball competition, there was a movie called Back to the Future. If you could either hang out with Michael J. Fox portraying Marty McFly or same scenario, hang out with Christopher Lloyd, the great actor. Actor. He's playing Dr. Emmett Brown. You're allowed to call him Doc if you like. You can build a time machine with a DeLorean and travel back to see Ralph Sampson playing for Terry Holland, uh, maybe in an ACC tournament from the early 1980s, or next Thursday you can go see him at Reed's Jewelers in Greensboro. Which would you do? I mean, one sounds more fun. But you know
2: what DeLoreans go for, and that's before the time machine. So It's true. And if I were to purchase a citizen watch, if I go <laughs> next week, there's a free autograph <laughs> gift that comes with that.
0: If you are in Greensboro for the ACC tournament next week, stop by Reed's Jewelers on Thursday. And you, too, without a time machine, no Marty McFly, no Dr. <laughs> Brown, no DeLorean. You just need to show up at Reed's Jewelers. Ralph Sampson will be there without the courtesy of a time machine. The three-time Citizen Naismith Trophy winner and seven-foot-four UVA basketball legend will be signing autographs from 5:30 to 7 p.m. As Darren said, no time machine needed for the other prize. If you purchase a Citizen watch, not required, but if you do, you'll get a limited edition autographed gift as well as that autograph. From the big fella, Ralph Sampson, one of the greatest players in college basketball history. If you win the National Player of the Year Award three times, you are on the short list. Uh, for being among the greatest in college basketball history. The Reeds Jewelers in Greensboro, remember, is where this is happening. They are all over the state. ACC Tournament in Greensboro next week. The Reeds Jewelers in Greensboro is the one that will have Ralph Sampson signing autographs from 5.30 to 7 p.m. The Reeds in Greensboro is located at 1612 Highwoods Boulevard. Get there if you can. Again, next Thursday, ACC Tournament Week in Greensboro. Citizen Watch, proud sponsor of the Citizen Naismith College Player of the Year Awards. I believe that old movie was called Back to the Future. We're going just back to Big Ralph in Greensboro at Reed's Jewelers this coming Thursday evening while enjoying one of the best conferences in America most years, not this year, going for its automatic bid and of course the grand prize, the ACC Tournament Championship. That's the grand prize until you get to that bigger bracket and then that becomes the grand prize. Mike Krzyzewski knows that turf well, so does Roy Williams, his opponent tomorrow evening at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Roy Williams is already in the Hall of Fame. He nearly stole a win from the Blue Devils at the Smith Center earlier this year, although it's been a rough road for Carolina so far this year. He has experienced this rivalry from every angle, We'll see him at Cameron tomorrow night. Roy Williams joins us live next on the David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Shashevsky of Duke and his goat status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass.
2: This is the David Glenn Show.